0: Cash Strength, the whiskey podcast, brought to you by myself, Torin, and my brother and co-host, Ronan. Follow us on Instagram at cash Pod or on Twitter at Cast Strength Pod. Enjoy the show. Slash. Oh, and welcome back to Cast Strength, the whiskey podcast. We're we're back. Uh, we've been away for quite a long time, but I'm joined with the usual suspect. Ronan,
1: how you doing? I'm very well. It's uh, nice to be back after a wee bit of a hiatus over the new year. And um, we're kicking off 2022 in March. So uh, we gave ourselves a decent break. How's things?
0: I know, bad. Not bad. It's good to be back. Back with a bang. Uh, as they say, I know you were, uh, you've actually been away. Um, yes, the rumours were true. You were in jail uh, for a while. That's why <laughs> we couldn't record podcasts. Uh, got caught organising champagne parties in Downing Street, didn't you?
1: I was the fall guy. you
0: been up too much recently?
1: Uh, not really. Busy starts of the year, the old work and stuff like that. But um, now nah, it's good to get out and back, everything's sort of back to normal now as well, isn't it? So it's, it's good to actually get out and back to whiskey pubs and seeing how they're getting on in that. I feel like we've probably said that about two or three times in the past that oh, it's good things are back to normal.
0: It's it's nearly nearly back to normal, isn't it? You been in any whiskey related visits recently?
1: Actually, yeah, not uh, not too long ago. Actually, I was at Kingsburn, Kingsburns rather. Sorry, um, I get gifted it for Christmas, like a tour and a lunch and stuff like that. And then I sort of like, oh, that's really cool. And then realised how far away Kingsburn actually is to the house. I thought it was like oh, it's just just over the Concarbon Bridge. It's fine. But it's actually, it's in deepest, darkest Fife, as you'd say. Um, uh, it's in the,
0: is it, is it the east Nuke of Fife?
1: Yeah, which made me then question, is there a west Nuke of Fife or or what? But yeah, it was good. Great, um, great weed distillery. Cool story. Really interesting what they're doing. Um, I tell you, if you're going to go, the taxi will cost you money if you're at near St Andrews or whatever. To get to the distillery, so you can have a drink. But see, when you get to the distillery, it was the the food, which was really nice, and the booze, just the beers and their whiskies and stuff, cheap as anything as well. Obviously, really? people, aye, like obviously because they're, they're owned by, or they're part owned by Weems, the independent bottler and sort of Weems Malt's. Right. And a drama, one of the Weems Malt's was three pound fifty, which. I always presume if you're gonna have whiskeys at a distillery, there'll be a wee bump in price. But I don't think you could get a dram for three pound like a decent dram for three pound fifty.
0: I'd almost assume it's that kind of like uh, festival style uh pricing where you're like, well, you can't go anywhere else, can you? So Aye. it's gonna be seven pounds for
1: but I was, I was I was I was obviously pleasantly surprised with that. Mm-hmm. And the food was really nice and it's always sunny in Fife. I don't, I don't understand it. Any time I go to Fife, it's sunny. So sitting outside with a nice dram and a beer after a crank tour, yeah, it was good fun.
0: Fife's nice. Fife's nice. I lived in Edinburgh for a while, and all, all uh, kind of everybody from Edinburgh always speaks about how Fife is uh, a shithole. But having not went to Fife for years because I thought oh, it must just be terrible, and then one day. Crossing the bridge and going, this is actually quite nice, especially along that uh, kind of coastline uh, where you start off as Aber, Aberlady or something, and then it's and uh, you sort of, of making me out,
1: St. Mornings and stuff like that. You just uh, make your way. Ah, it's lovely.
0: Fife Whiskey festivals on recently.
1: Um, I've seen a few. Yes, people. it was. It's, a, it's a few in people. Cooper Angus, I believe. It's quite a good festival. I've been there a couple of times.
0: No, I think it's just in Cooper.
1: Uh, Cooper uh
0: sorry, Coop, uh, Cooper sorry, Angus really. is. Uh, uh, if I think, well, if somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but can you mind that chicken factory out, uh, COVID outbreak that was like must be about two years ago now? It was in the news that this this whole chicken factory uh, or chicken processing factory, um, everybody and mm. it got COVID. That is, that, is that was a, Cooper Angus. That was Cooper Angus. Uh, it's kind of a pointless fact about it. Um, but that is, was that what? Perfinkin Ross or Clackman? Uh, Perfinkin Ross, I guess. Uh, but I think yeah, it, uh, maybe it is just Cooper.
1: It, it, it is just Cooper because it's where, I just Google mapped it there, it's where Luvian says, uh, Luvian's the bottle yeah, shop at St. Um, Cooper. They've got one in St. Andrews as well.
0: Yeah, aye. But no, Fife is decent.
1: I like Fife. What about you? Have you been anywhere? Seen anything?
0: No, I was recently in Lisbon, so obviously not a lot of whiskey getting drunk over there I never even really took any oh. with me uh, it was a February holiday but to be honest it was really hot <laughs> like, uh, it, like it, was, it was funny the locals and this isn't even like an exaggeration the locals were about with like scarves on and uh, I was, I was <laughs> shorts and t-shirt it was 20 degrees which for a Scotsman who I'd say rather sensitive to heat anyway uh, but also haven't been in a hot climate for, yeah. for I don't know, two and a bit years or something like that. Um yeah, it was hot. It was perfect. And Lisbon's at, like, actual stunning. Um yeah. it's, it's pretty massive, but also everything that you want to do as a tourist that's there for kind of a long weekend. Yeah. Uh just right in the right in the center basically. And it was and it was great. The food was good. Uh the wine was obviously good. We had several ports. There's a there's a market there. And when i say market it's a bit uh gentrified uh, but it's an amazing modern take on a kind of traditional old market i think the market's probably been there for years and then you've got all these kind of best of portuguese restaurants have a, have stalls and it's called the time mm. market and you can get beers local beers you can get um what uh, port tastings and stuff like that actually like really really good great 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 city um Almost, almost would go back,
1: but oh, that's a pick,
0: but not, I don't think quite, you know, it's not quite a return holiday, it's not a Berlin. All
1: right, so there's the travel section of um, the podcast. Yeah, go go to Lisbon, and if you don't want to go to Lisbon, Fife is quite all good, uh, quite good as well.
0: Very similar, (laughs) (laughs) but with Fife, you don't have to go on a flight.
1: No, but you do have to go back in time.
0: Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Lisbon, Lisbon uh, is the only European country that shares the uh, Britain's uh, kind of time zone. Time zone. So when we move in for spring forward, fall back, or whatever it is, yeah. so they're in the same time zone. But if you go to five, you're in 1985.
1: So uh, it's, do uh, you know? Did Did you see how Nicola Sturgeon was apologising to women that were burned because everybody thought they were witches?
0: Uh, I kind of heard about it But I, I feel that, that That's just cancel culture went
1: mental Well uh, The old joke That was last week in Fife
0: Aye <laughs> Aye <laughs> <laughs> uh, They are still doing it in, in some West coast small islands as well Aye <laughs> uh, I've got a couple <laughs> couple of shout outs Although I don't really want to call them shout outs you get any Better names for them? No,
1: no. Draf shit.
0: we'll just call them draft outs, call-outs, whatever. Uh two avid listeners who've been in contact. Uh Robert Jameson. Uh he was at Fife West Whiskey Festival uh in Cooper. Twenty-six years in Melrose. here's here's the 26 more, Robert. Uh or I call, I usually call him Rab anyway. And uh Sumit Vartak, he's again. He's got in contact with us. He was wondering if we're going to the Spacide Festival. Um, I'm not. Are you going to the Spacide Festival?
1: Uh, yeah, for my work. Yeah, I'll be there.
0: Okay, I'll uh, give him your number, and you can link, as they say. Um, quick
1: we'll run through. On, f- we'll, we'll we'll jump on a call. We'll do a classic as well.
0: Yeah, of course. Quick quick run through what festival, what whiskey festivals you've been to.
1: Well, in my life, aye.
0: Well, I guess in Scotland, and and, and more as a punter rather than as a. Uh, uh, I think I've paid, paid to
1: go. I think, um, not paid for this podcast definitely. Um, I think as a punter, I've only ever actually been to two festivals, off the top of my head. One would be the Campbelltown one as a punter, which is always good fun, and then the other one would be Arden, some music and whiskey festival as well. It's a good festival.
0: It was a good festival. Um, What's your favourite festival in the UK? Then I guess you've been to many over twenty. Um, work capacity?
1: Yeah, yeah, probably the the best festival. Best festival. I don't. I don't actually know what one I would describe as the best. Um, what? What makes? I a always good think festival? The, 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 uh, I actually think the weir ones are better. Like see, we festivals that are run by like independent retailers. Yeah. Like there's uh, the wee dram in Bakewell. It That's does a, a cracking wee fest.
0: Is that where the cherry bakewell comes from? I
1: would hazard a guess it, yes. Well wow. um, I do I, so they do a great wee festival and you don't you don't really get any of the like the bigger uh, like the big big companies there. It's all like you're talking independent companies and stuff like that with independent whiskies. And it's a gravy festival. And I think any any festival ran by an independent retailer is always worth going to. Yeah.
0: A lot more intimate, I guess. Uh, and not as not as quick pace. I know the Glasgow Glasgow whiskey Festival Festival's on recently. I've heard some uh, uh yeah, good stories, I guess. i just folk absolutely hammered. I guess like when you're drinking a lot of whiskey and probably a lot of cast as well, you're just that's that is yeah. the unfortunate side effect that you're going the, to get the, absolutely pissed to so far.
1: Yeah. I mean, the wildest one I've ever attended was the Whiskey Fringe Festival in Edinburgh. And oh, down I, it, I've been to that. Aye, and it's down and there's a roundabout, is it? You lived in Edinburgh, you went to I don't know it's Down the bottom it of uh, Broughton Street. Aye, and there's the, that sort of
0: church. There's centre or something like that. Aye,
1: really nice, that is, really nice looking place. Yeah, I came out after finishing the whiskey festival there a few years ago, and there was a man. Um, see, like protecting his spew on the ground so no one stood on it. Which he thought, right, it's a bit overdramatic, but you're you're trying to help everybody so they don't stand on it. I mean, it's bright orange, but so he's so you've got him protecting it, sort of boxing it out like he's marking it at a corner. And then you've got another guy lying in the middle of a roundabout, pulling up the flowers or whatever, throwing them up in the air, absolutely steaming drunk. Aye, and, I, that's and, and that's Edinburgh.
0: I used to live just past that, and I would work. I worked like on the Royal Mail, so my route home was past Brodie Street uh, and past where the the Fringe Festival was, yeah. and uh, it was not uncommon for there to be. Uh, ambulances outside of that place uh, every day the Fridge Festival uh, Whiskey Festival is on I did attend it once and I just had to remove myself because you, you're kind of like a well, kid in a sweetie shop or whatever it is, kid in a candy store you're Aye. actually just surrounded by all these amazing whiskeys and you're like I want to try this, I want to try that, I want to try that you would really need to go to a few different festivals to remain uh, copus mintus as well as getting yeah. to taste all the whiskies that you want, um, it's it's quite a selection, uh, but a yeah. bit, very enjoyable.
1: It's one of those things as well that you, you try drams of from distilleries, obviously that you might never have heard before. But you thought, oh, that sounds interesting, I'll try it. But you also try, let like you say, pick an average distillery that you like. You'll go and you go, oh well, I'll try a couple of them just to see if it's any better. The next thing, you've tried all the ones you wanted to try. Let's say ten drams. You then try the ones you've never heard of. You then try the ones that you thought, "Oh, I'll give it a go." Next thing you're, you spent thirty quid. You're absolutely blitzed, and it's been a couple hours. Like it's easily done.
0: I just got a memory from that French festival. I was at a reputable independent bottler's stall. I, I won't name them because there's no point, but there's not that many. A, a, a big one we we a brother, put it that way. And <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I, I said to the guy, um, you know, he was talking about the whiskeys. I can't remember. It was like maybe a Tormor and, uh, you know, just kind of whiskeys that weren't really that big names, if you know what I mean. We, we kind of fly under the radar, but talking me through them. Had a taste and I just just asked him, so is it all um chill filtered in natural color? And as I kind of look up, I can see the big uh sign behind him that says, uh, sorry, is it all non-chill filtered in, in natural right. color? And behind him was a sign saying that exact words. And that guy goes, No, no, it's all chill filtered. And I was just like, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, Well, there's a wee bit of a contradiction here, or Something's gone wrong. If this is all, if this is all chill filtered, and uh, there's a big sign behind you saying non chill filtered, well, I did find that quite funny. I never corrected them. I just went right. I'll take it as non chill filtered. Um, why? Why would you? Why would you chill filter like in a kind of single cask or small batch ball? And it doesn't. Doesn't make full sense, does it? Um, no, not really. Well, we move on to today's whiskey. Yes, let's. Um, so a wee bit different, again, this is not a scotch whiskey, this is an American single malt from a a distillery that we've, or mostly I would think myself, who spoke about, Um, Mm. not in great detail, because I didn't really know any great detail, but I just knew what they're doing was good, Um, and it's, so this is the American Oak Westland uh, American Single Malt, Uh, so it's a a single malt from Westland Distillery, which is in uh, Seattle, Washington which is on the Pacific Northwest, which kind of throws my theory out that everybody in America is from the Midwest. And that's just based on any American I ever speak to is from the Midwest. And I don't have a clue where the Midwest is. I I basically found out that everything west of the East Coast is the Midwest until you get to the West Coast and then it's the West Coast. That doesn't really make sense. And I suppose you've... You got the south, don't you? You don't meet many
1: folk from the south, I don't think. Don't I, don't think I don't think they're. I don't think they're allowed to travel anywhere.
0: No, no, no. travel ban. Um, so it's obviously a single malt. Uh, so it's mm. a bit different from your typical bourbon style that everybody's uh, kind of familiar with American whiskey. It's uh, matured for a minimum of three years, thirty six months. It's forty six percent alcohol. It's Unchill filtered, natural colour. There's a really interesting thing going on in uh, Westland with their barley uh, bill, which they, which they call it. Um, but, but that's kind of enough about the whiskey. I've not even opened this bottle yet. This is going to be the first time I've I've tried Westland. I've spoken about them a couple of times. I'm really impressed by this distillery, what they're doing. But as I kind of op- open this, I'll let you take the floor.
1: Yes, it's just for you speaking. You were saying it's, yeah. 36 months matured or whatever. And the, the actual cast types that uh, I found it, they're very transparent. If you go on their website, they'll tell you absolutely everything, which is brilliant for us. Um, but the cast types that they're using for this and what they've listed is a Cooper's Reserve new and used American oak. So Virgin oak and first fill. And then first fill X bourbon first fill ex also hogsheads and butts and second fill ex also hogsheads and butts. So you're already thinking that this single malt, 46%, 92 proof, if you would, it's going to be very, very complex and very, quite interesting. There's going to be a load of flavours kicking kicking on there. And then you even look at the, the if you're going to speak about the different sort of mash bills that they use or the different malt varieties that they put together. Um, it makes for a very, very interesting whiskey. Um, a little bit of brief history. Fairly new distillery in the grand old scheme of things, but then America is a fairly new country in the grand old scheme of things. Um, it was founded in 2010 by Matt Hoffman and Emerson Lamb. Matt is um, a fellow alumni of yours. Is he? He, atten- he attended Heriot-Watt. Oh, cool. Uh, not the
0: uh. same
1: year, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, so founded in 2010. It uh, moved to its current location in what is known as Sodo, which is south of downtown. For those in two thousand and twelve. It's quite an interesting area. Obviously, in Washington and Seattle, it's um, legal to smoke weeds and stuff like that. So it's a distillery that's just surrounded by like sort of quirky bars and weed shops and everything like that. And apparently, it's quite quite a cool area, Seattle, to go to. They released their first product in two thousand and thirteen. And the thing I found most interesting in their history notes that they've got is that obviously very interested in wood, but they're using Corcus gariana, it's so a west coast um, wood. Um,
0: I'm glad you wrote that down because I had that in my head and I could not remember how to pronounce it at all. What? what <laughs> the gariana, uh, that kind of gariana. local uh, oak. Um, yeah, but,
1: it's, an, it's an endangered uh, wood or oak genus, but um they've managed to use it. Actually, I, I, I say I've the company I've worked for have been looking for it for ages to try and get some and it's quite difficult but um, so good on them for actually getting
0: it (laughs) yeah well I guess it's kind of more local to them isn't it so is this what is this what the kind of Coopers select uh, as opposed to Coopers Reserve is this actually one of them's the Gariana Oak and one of them's your kind of standard American White Oak Corcus Alba um
1: probably say the stuff that they use for the let's say, this would be a core range bottling or whatever, is going to be standard, standard standard American oak okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine they're using an endangered wood, I just found it really really interesting because I've not actually heard of a distillery being able to source that, maybe it's all the rage in the west Pacific America. Northwest. the Pacific Northwest
0: yeah it's so kind of interesting cast type but also if we go back to the back to the start, and I would encourage you to nose your dram there. We'll, we'll like maybe speak a wee bit about the barley bill. So this distillery is effectively a brewery with stills added on the end. Now, every distillery is effectively that, but where this distillery is a wee bit different is they don't just use your kind of standard distilling malt, which the majority of Scottish uh, whiskey distilleries do. Uh, they use a variety of different roasted malts. Um, so it's a lot more similar uh, to the beer industry. So in this um, whiskey, they're using five different uh, roasted barley. So you've got pale malt, you've got Munich malt, you've got extra special malt, you've got pale chocolate malt, and brown malt. And good thing about malts is a lot of the time they kind of discourage they kind of describe you know the color of them, so that's like the more roasted it is, the darker the color. Or they decide they kind of describe the flavor, so we don't have any of uh, caramel in this. But uh, you if you see caramel uh, caramel in a in a beer, then you're probably going to have a caramel kind of flavor, that kind of sweet, maybe honey flavor. Now, where where these different malts matter is that when you produce a whiskey with just plain distiller's malt, um, which most of Scottish whiskey distilleries do, of course, and they produce a great product, there is an argument similar to uh, terroir, a terroir argument, slightly different, that you can increase flavour and you can uh, increase the quality of that flavour by introducing these different roastiness of the malts. So if you imagine uh, the five different malts that go into uh, this whiskey, you're, that's kind of the five different malts that would go into like a porter or a stout. Right. If you were doing, a, say, a homebrew, obviously there's no um, uh, hops being added to this because you can't add hops and for it to be single malt. But basically the concept of this distillery is improve the flavour, of the beer which you are creating in the mashing process but in Scotland Mm -hmm. you call it wash Um, but it is effectively just a kind of high strength beer so if you can improve the flavour of that you're going to improve the flavour of the spirit coming off the stills now where uh, it has its downside the more you roast the malt the less yield you can get out of it so your yields will be affected you're not going to get 405s, 410s 415s, which Scottish whiskey distilleries are aiming for off their standard distiller's malt. But it's a trade off. And what Westland would argue is that they're able to improve and increase flavour by putting more flavoursome malts into the mash tun. Um, mm. Really interesting distillery. Uh, but if you ever got a chance to go to it, we've not been to it. I looked it up online, do my usual watch YouTube videos, read articles. It's a distillery I like because they have the same kind of uh, ethos as I do. Whiskey is still beer. If you can improve the quality of the beer, you can improve the quality of the final product. If you put good spirit into good casks, you can make fantastic whiskey. But as I've always said and probably said in this podcast a few times, you can put pretty rank spirit into a really good cask and make okay whiskey. I'm not really for that, but I'm going to nose it if uh, you want to tell me your thoughts of it.
1: Well, just before we go on to that, I was just wondering, you see when you've got Extra Special Malt? Yeah. And you said the name gives you an indication really of what. No. gives you a slight... And, and, I, and, I and you can see the point I'm coming to. Is it Extra... I know Extra Special Malt is probably just the name of it. Yeah. It is. But is it Extra Special?
0: No, I don't. Th- I, I don't think so. I think I, 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 I did, I, I did do that brewing distilling course, but I must admit I was more interested in distilling part than I was brewing. I do a wee bit of homebrew stuff. Brewed a couple beers and kind of small kit breweries. Extra special malt will just be a, a name, but it's probably because it has a special flavour character in it or something, or right. it's especially made for Westland Distillery. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I probably should have looked it up. But it's the same with Munich malt. Uh, that's probably called Munich malt because it was a malt that was uh, created in Munich for Munich-style right. uh, beers, uh, Munich-style mm. beers or whatever. Um, there is a lot of names that obviously won't indicate what the flavour are, but a lot a lot of them do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Brown malt, black malt pale chocolate malt. The interesting thing about chocolate malt is that you've guessed that it, it should give off a chocolatey flavour, but I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if you can smell the different types in the whiskey, or is it just a kind of perfect marriage? Can you not make any um, kind of distinctive, like don't, there's the brown malt or whatever, but yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have a nose.
1: So My sort of thoughts from it was that when you were speaking about the malts as well, the the malts are using and the cast the, the flavors that you would expect to get from the malts that they're using, and then the cast types that they are they're using, they sort of go together. You would say it's a good, um, a good combination. They're not doing one thing and not following it up with putting it into the correct sort of wood types. Um, so on the nose, I started to get well cherries, coffee, chocolate. I wrote vanilla custard, a little bit sort of peppery, but. Um, Having never really, having never tried Westland before, or this Westland, before, I know we always say it's a very inviting. Nose, they've got a very interesting story, and the nose is sort of really interesting as well. It's sort of bringing you towards it, and as it you do get a lot of chocolate and sweetness from it. What about it yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm getting, uh, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting that chocolate, and we're getting lovely sweetness from it. I'm getting kind of peaches almost, kind of apricots, kind of light juicy fruits, which is really nice.
1: Um, quite sort lovely of, like
0: lovely bit of the kind of new American oak flavour coming in it, the vanilla, the caramel, yeah. that could also be coming from the the kind of roasting malts as well. You're getting yeah. a lovely malty flavour from it. It's not too cast lead. That's actually why I kind of chose this one, because I thought we'd get a better idea of the uh, distillery character rather than picking, mm. say, their peated stuff or whatever. But I would, the peated stuff is actually kind of worth a mention because I've started to use uh, Washington peat and mm-hmm. peat barley. But I think for for the purpose of what we're looking for, this was the kind of standard distillery uh, character that we're hoping to find in this
1: bottle. Yeah, I mean, I sort of wrote, I wrote down it's. This- this probably sounds harsher than what it is, but if you ever have a, like a gin and it's actually just had mint leaves in it, oh, it's just
0: yeah, I was about to say it's quite it's quite methylly. I was actually, it's,
1: it's, it's got that sort of alcohol mint, yeah. but in a very, very good way.
0: I mean, you can tell it's only three years old or whatever, or minimum three years old, probably majority of it is. I've got loads of depth in the nose, but it's nice, it's really inviting. Uh, I love the kind of, like, peaches and apricots. I I reckon that's probably coming from uh, the type of yeast they use. They don't use the typical uh, distiller's yeast type M. They use uh, Belgian brewer's yeast uh, for Mm. used to brew saisons. uh, Saisons. I was reading
1: that and I thought I should know how to say that word, but I didn't.
0: Yeah. So if if I'm right, it's kind of of funky Belgian beer, isn't it? Saisons, is it? Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not my style of beers, but yeah, that's what they are.
0: Fermentation time, 96 to 144 hours. Mm-hmm. Again, that's probably why you're getting that lovely fruitiness. That but it's good to stay on the nose and a bit of kind of exotic spice that I can't quite put my my uh, finger on. But yeah, it's really interesting nose.
1: I think you can look sometimes, I'm going to call Westland a new distillery. It's obviously new to us, but it's been around for 12 years. and um, but you see with distilleries, new distilleries sometimes, and you see them with established distilleries, there is no coherent plan, it seems, from what they're doing in their distillery to what they're releasing and the process in between. Um, I think there's a few new distilleries who are doing things because they just want to do it and there's no actual plan or process in the way through. And then the thing they're getting into the bottle at the end, I don't think it's particularly nice. That's just one man's opinion. But it seems that like everything they're doing is a strategic, strategically thought at, and it's a step. And we go, right, well, we're going to use a different um, malt bill. We're going to have a, a decent fermentation time in there. We're going to use a particular type of yeast because that's going to give us a flavour profile that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we're going to fill it into a, a variety of different casks, sizes, and from X, whatever. And all of this combined is going to give us an actual decent whiskey, and this is our whole approach.
0: Yeah. It's quite a modern mashing process. So um they've got a semi mashed mash done, nothing nothing spectacular, mm. but it's relatively modern. Uh, where it starts to get interesting is the malt they're putting in, of course. You've got those five different malts, as opposed to the majority of the Scottish whiskey distilleries, bar... Hollywood and a couple others experimentally. Um, you've got five malts. You've then got this really interesting yeast type. Interestingly enough, in their washbacks, uh, which are stainless steel, they're also temperature controlled because they've found out probably through uh, trial and error that if their fermentations get too high temperature, obviously during fermentation you've got a temperature release from the, from the from the yeast, you've got a reaction going on, um they've realized if they get too high temperature, they start to get really uh, unwanted flavors. I don't know what flavors they're going to get, but this yeast produces these flavors that they don't like. So these fermentations are maintained at 27 degrees Celsius. So a lot of thought has went into this, and it's quite a modern mashing technique and process and and ingredients, fermentations. Um, But then the second half, or second, third, I would guess. Their distillations are extremely traditional and their maturations are extremely traditional. They're not filling them into quarter casks and
1: uh, mm.
0: little small casks to increase rate of uh, maturation. They're just filling normal barrels, hogsheads, butts. They're very traditional at that end, but their their front end, their their, their mashing process is extremely focused on flavor. And that's something I love in a distillery. I love to see distilleries doing that. Um, obviously, we've discussed the Waterford distillery before. There's a few distilleries around Scotland that are... It's majority of the newer ones are are really kind of focusing on flavor maximization, which I definitely think is the, the next chapter in the kind of Scotch whiskey industry. Mm. Uh, you're going to start to see really, really flavorsome 12-year-old malts. And yeah. uh, I think the kind of commodity grain market might take a hit.
1: Mm. Just when you're mentioning Waterford there, I know I said to you, but I should tell everybody, I tried the Waterford cuvee bottle when they've done uh, in the Glasgow Whiskey Festival, because I was at it. And then um, it is absolutely brilliant. Is it? Um, yeah, it is. Again, it's... Can you take... Can- can you tell it was like the previous the Bally Clavin that we'd tried? No, I don't think you could actually put them in the same sort of Really? You wouldn't be like, that's definitely Waterford. You just think it's this funky, whiny, um, really full-bodied whiskey. So if you if you do anyone gets the chance to try the new Cuvée, or if you're wanting to buy a bottle in my recommendation, it is Well, I'm going to go buy a bottle. Uh, Definitely worth a buy.
0: And cuvee is a wine term that refers to wines from different farms being put together, am I right?
1: Yeah, I would go... uh, It's the sort of...
0: Uh, Different vineyards, I guess, sorry, not farms.
1: I was always about like... Different chateaus, um, different houses, um, blending their their products together, essentially, yeah. Okay. And then, so so the whiskey companies Mm -hmm. would use it because they're using... X casks from different wineries, wine regions. Mm-hmm. So they've called it cuvee. So it's a bit.
0: So are they are they combining different farms barley instead of and different wine casks? What was the script of theirs?
1: Uh, oh, well, I was under the impression that they were taking X Spanish wine, let's say, to put it really basic, and X French wine casks. Their whiskey goes into it, and then they They bottle, they blend it together, vat it together, and they bottle it, and they call it cuvée because it's different wines, different wineries, ex different wine casks. If you know what I mean.
0: All right, okay. I would have thought they would have done well. No, I I didn't know
1: what to think to be honest, but I
0: thought they were combining uh, different farms barley into their bottle to basically see this as a kind of engineered mixture. Uh, Engineered. I don't want to use the word blend because it's not a blend. Uh, It could still be a single bottle. It's not a single farm, single malt. That's what I thought. And that would kind of lead you along the lines of just what every other distillery does then, barley from all over the place. But it would be cool to have that kind of engineered aspect rather than just take what you get. Um, what are you thinking on the palette
1: of this? Um, so the palette, uh, I've wrote like um, caramel, sort of caramac, sort of like maple, maple syrup, but um, is it brittle? Is that what you would call it? Like, uh, yeah.
0: Um, the hard caramel sweetie.
1: Is it? Yeah. Um, what is it, like an eclair? Not an eclair. That might be an eclair, actually. Um, what else have I written down? A creme brulee, almond nougat, so you could tell the way I'm going along here. It's very sort of creamy, mm. um, very buttery. Um, I got a little pepperiness again. Um soft leathery note in there as well but very very enjoyable i think um yeah i thought this was i mean you still get i would say less like sort of dark chocolate or milk chocolate i would just could full on and say this is like white chocolate with some raisins in it Um yeah sort of custardy f- sort of filly filling sorry um yeah i think this is absolutely delightful brilliant really really nice yeah, yeah. really sort of a, really sort of approachable and Slightly, slightly different from the nose. I thought the nose was slightly more sort of darker chocolate and roasted coffee and stuff, but I think this is a little bit more to your, your virgin oak casks coming through a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm still getting a wee bit of coffee, but it's kind of not like brewed coffee, almost just like kind of a waft of the beans or something. Um, mm. I'm not the biggest coffee drinker, but that's quite a pleasant um, note in there. I'm get, yeah. still getting fruitiness, still getting maybe not the peaches actually maybe towards more like plums now it's got a wee bit darker, it's got a wee bit richer it is a lighter chocolate, it's not a dark chocolate um, and I do get that nutty flavour as well I think you said almonds, I think you're yeah. probably right there maybe maybe pecans
1: it's got a wee sort of hazelnutty, marzipan sort of note to it I've went for toasted marshmallows as well it's got a wee bit of the toastedness and then you this sort of real sort of fruitiness and juiciness to it as a marshmallow.
0: Yeah, that's very enjoyable. Um Price-wise, I think it was in the kind of £50 region. You got your wee sample as well. Probably, uh, I'm quite excited to leave it for maybe five, 10 minutes, let it develop a wee bit, get and get a wee lid on it. Mm. Um Will we talk through the last... Maltbusters, if you will bear with me.
1: Yeah, sure, so absolutely. The last,
0: the last um, maltbusters was uh, Christmas themed. Oh yeah. Um, so I'll run through them, um, and then I'll give you the winner because there's always a winner in maltbusters. I don't know though. Can we can we run a competition as such? They don't have to be re- no. only if you give out prizes. They need to be regulated. I don't think anybody's going to report us anyway. But if you do, I've just given We're you an idea. Then yeah i've grasped myself in um <laughs> so i run for the it, worst so... the worst type of grass Aye, <laughs> the, the self-grass um so if you're naughty you might find this in your stocking and the queen of the hebrides did you get that one?
1: Oh, they went for kulila
0: yeah correct we bring tiding for one of these people to the wooden structure found on a farm
1: Kingsbarns.
0: Yeah. And Santa's Christian name and one of the birthday boy's
1: female disciples. Oh, no. Pass.
0: That was St. Magdalene. Now, there was also, also a clue in that at the end of that, it says one of the distilleries is closed. So, a bit easier. And the winner of this week was, we had lots of entries, thank you to... The lazy Scotsman, Donald's, he's a year's old contributor. Uh, David McCluskey, uh, Derek Wilson, and the, the winner was At Neilic Fajin ninety
1: seven. Was he the first to get them all right?
0: He was the first to get them all right. Um, there yeah, was I, many... I tell you
1: this. See when you're saying St. Magdalene. What a great name uh... for a whiskey. Like that's it's a
0: fantastic it's just, distillery name. It's just a great name. Aye. Yeah, Neil uh, or Mursh McFadden, you're you're offered the same as the previous winners, and that is, uh, you can come on the podcast if you want. Uh, huh? You probably bring your own beer. I uh, probably won't want to, but you can if you want. Uh, and I think we'll run through oh. the new malt blisters this week a wee bit later. You
1: got whiskey any whiskey news? Um, I think people from the uh, people that obviously know us or have listened to many podcasts before us that were, um, you would say, staunch believers in Campbelltown whiskies um, and yep. distilleries. So I think the obvious news there would be that um, there will be three new distilleries in Campbelltown in the future. You've obviously got um, Macrohanish out by the airport, by R&B Distillers. You've got Del Rasta Distillery, um there's been a maybe in the middle of town, which I think would be absolutely brilliant, by Ronnie, Croucher, Daliata, Koucher, Daliata um, by the guys by North Star and South Star. Um uh, and, and then obviously Janie Mitchell at Springbank, not to be outdone. They actually announced their first, I guess. Um they're building a third distillery as well. Um an even smaller distillery than the one the than Mitchell's Glen Gyle that they built. So three new distilleries
0: really interesting and really good for really good for Campbelltown I think a town with such rich distiller history but obviously not that many distilleries just now but
1: you you just look at the I think it's brilliant, I think it'd be brilliant for any small town um, or any any place really just think of the the subsequent business that'll come from it, not just what you would immediately think, tourism the hotel has been busy, the restaurants the distilleries need builds. you're talking builders and joiners and everything like that, suppliers you then talk you've got, obviously Springbank already have their bottling hall, but you then talk you've got two other distilleries. So, warehouses need built. Is there a bottling hall to be built in Campbelltown now? Because you've got a gin distillery up the road as well. You've got Glen Scotia there. So you're talking the business that can then come from that. It's I just think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's
0: possible. Yeah. No, it's exciting. I uh, hope it all goes well. You've got as you say, Del Riata or Del Riata, that is going to be across from the swimming pool. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's in a. Or I don't know if they're going to knock the building down, but it's currently a garage, I think. And then the I can't remember the name of the other one, but it's it's on a farm. I think I, right. think
1: I think it. I can't remember the name of the farm, but I read. I read that it would be called Macahanish Distillery, but I've not actually seen. Like an official announcement of that. Mm. It's only been sort of Macrahannish distillery, but it's out by McRahannish Airport. So
0: Yeah. And they're gonna focus on this kind of farm to bottle style. And I think they're building a bottle hall Hull as well now that now that I kinda of mentioned. Well
1: it. they've also they've also got they've obviously R and B distillers it's Isla Rassi they've got and then they've is it Borders Distillery they own as well? In uh Hoik. Horick. Mm. And then they're I think they're building they're building a a grain distillery as well. Wow. Don't quote me on that last one. That Did you not good. say
0: Rassi was the worst whiskey you tasted last year?
1: Um, well, I tasted Arbiki in 2022, so yes. Is Arbiki not very good? <laughs> tried their, I tried their Highland Rye, and it I don't say it wasn't very good. It was not to my flavour. It okay. wasn't to my
0: taste. I'd, I'd still be interested in trying that. Uh, it's just the price point of the bottle that puts me off. Um, probably its availability now as well. But
1: mm.
0: um, any more whiskey news?
1: Other whiskey news? <laughs> Not off the top of my head. Have you got any whiskey news?
0: I've got uh, kind of similar to your whiskey news, but a little bit different. Was that you can't get your hands on any Springbank bottles nowadays, and people are going crazy. <laughs> I tell the, you, the, the, the claws are out. Uh, I, um, there is bitchy no, comments no, all over the place. There's folk complaining that other people getting bottles. There's folk complaining about people waiting overnight to get their hands on a spring bank 25. i uh, seen a comment today, it's and it was absolutely fun.
1: Uh, was a comment it? today on Facebook, it's absolutely fantastic. And there's just no proof that this comment has, is, is true at all. Someone, someone wrote in one of the Springbank fan pages, um, why, like, pff, paraphrasing, like, why all of a sudden such a big hype around Springbank? At first, my thought was, mate, where have you been for the past 20 years, yeah. sort of thing? And then, in, in amongst all the comments, somebody just wrote, people have lost their jobs because of COVID, which people have done. And they're now investing that money that they don't have because they've lost their jobs into Springbank so they can flip it and make money as a full-time job. I hope that person's listening, because that's an absolute mental thing to say. Because there's just you just don't know that. Unless you're the one person that's doing it. You just don't know it.
0: Aye, that's just I think I think there is a lot more people investing in whiskey because uh interest rates are low and
1: it's an a huge boom. Alternative, it's, it's,
0: alternative assets are what you you invest in when you're interest rates Whiskey are, oh, is an all-time...
1: Having th- your money in the bank. No, whiskey is an all-time high of popularity. Yeah. So even if you're not interested in the whiskey, all you need to do is know someone that's interested in whiskey. Name a distillery that I should be buying to make money on it. Buy Springbank. Literally. Like, and see if you care most distilleries. Literally. See me- if you, Sorry. See if, you care, see if you cared about Springbank distillery or any distillery that's doing it. And, and, and there is an abundance of people buying it so they could sell on. Like... Brilliant for the distillery. Brilliant for the people that are working there. Brilliant for the new people that are going to employ because they're even busier. Mm-hmm. Just focus so wrapped up on it. I'm only saying that because I got the bottles that I needed. But you know, I put in three years' hard time with them. So I need the rewards. And now I'm getting them.
0: We're going to get a lot of hatred because you're did, you're making it out that you <laughs> had a wee bit of an inside line or something. I think I think nah. I think the issue sometimes in the in the whiskey fandom is there is a sense of entitlement quite often and it. at the end of the day at the end of the day at the end of the day but at the end of the day it's a company selling a product and whoever is there first is going to get sold it that is just <laughs> the way it works and you know, shops will do less and yeah if you're a good customer of a shop they might keep one back for you that's probably well, I, th- I think that's what we... that comes down to spending money if you didn't spend money they wouldn't hold it back for you they might seem like your friends they probably are but i'm just saying like it's a business it's not some uh, um I,
1: I, I think that that's what we've always said though is if you shop independent in your local spirit shop and you get to know the people that are there and you let them and you're always in buying your favourite whiskey or whatever it is and then they've got a limited release then yeah they'll make keep that's what a good shop would do really I think keep Um, your customers happy yeah I I could when I want something and I don't get it I am a wee bit annoyed because you wanted it but uh, it isn't the end of the world
0: no I I wanted a bottle of 25 I've got two I asked
1: I've got two do you want one?
0: You're telling lies, <laughs> but uh, if you did, I would. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: no, and I asked somebody that I know who works in a shop who would be more than able to get me a Springbank 25 if he wanted to, but he literally just said, there's not enough to go around. Sorry, Right. I went, oh, you win some, you lose some. I would have liked it. It would have been a great drinker. It would have been a great one to have for a year sitting on your whiskey shelf, just looking at it, waiting for that special occasion. But unfortunately it didn't happen. Um our whiskey news but has been really uh kind of focused. I'm sure there was other things that have happened. Uh
1: another distillery's been built on Isla. Yeah. It's a step in the dark, probably.
0: Yeah, there is there is one. <laughs> I can't remember its name. Uh, <laughs> it's down, down the Port Ellen way, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but interestingly enough, in, in Port Ellen there was a what gets referred to as an old lemonade factory or something that's just across from port ellen mountains there's a rum distillery open up in there that's really cool mm-hmm. um saying that any scottish rum i've had it's been uh terrible uh actually apart from banditi from uh Glasgow <laughs> distillery yeah. um, that was actually all right but that was like a spice rum, you're effectively getting uh, it. Was a, it, was a, it,
1: was a, it was a different sort of rum, really. Yeah,
0: uh, it's like this is really spiced. Interestingly enough, I probably couldn't tell you this when I worked for them, but I can tell you this now. Amy McDonald, a Scottish singer-songwriter, who's actually getting a lot of stick just now for stealing other artists' ideas and putting it in her own song. I'm not saying she did that, I'm saying other people were saying she did that. But she really, really loved that um that banditi, that that spice rum. Mm. It was also really popular in Russia, which isn't too popular now, uh, because Banditi is what they call like a gangster. So yeah, there were just uh, like massive yeah. orders from Russia, and it was probably a Russian gangster. Just been like, yes. I've um, <laughs> seen that, seen that, a bit of Russian news. There's a, a call to boycott Russian vodka. But I've been doing that since Dave's party in 2014 when I spewed it all back up. So. I'm well ahead of the time. Any more whiskey news? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, no problem. Uh, do you want to move on to... I've got another thing I could show you, and I'm going to post it on Instagram as well, because obviously this is a podcast, so you can't see it. But I went to a... Uh, well, no, I got dragged to an arts and crafts kind of festival, and this is a weird angle now. The things looking at, but mm. um, I went to an arts and crafts festival. In oh Edinburgh, yeah, and uh, I was these are crackers pottering about, and I came across this stall that had a few kind of whiskey miniatures, and then they had these. Uh, well, the one that actually struck my eye was the haggis, but they had these ceramic. Um, is it ceramic? Mm-hmm. It's Pot- Beswick. Right. Is it pottery or is it ceramic? Ceramic, probably. But they had these ceramic figures. You've got Loch Ness monster. You've got a squirrel. Your red squirrel. You've got a golden eagle. You've got a haggis, um, which there was a haggis that caught my eye. And it turns out these are actually produced by White Mackay, uh, and this the company that produced the ceramic is called uh, Beswick. Um, I don't know anything about this, but they've actually some of them still have whiskey in them. The Loch Ness monster's missing his hat. The Red Squirrels maybe got a wee bit, but the, the the Eagle and the Haggis actually still have the whiskey in them. I'm dubious if it's the original whiskey, but it's meant to be Ben Eagle Scotch whiskey Indies. these. Greed of Price, Loch Ness Monster's missing his hats, so i will haggled them down a bit, but just really interesting we find in a totally random kind of uh, arts and crafts fair. I'm going to post them on um, Instagram and see if anybody knows about them. Um, so
1: right now on Old Bridge Antiques, yeah, um, I am always on yeah. that haggis. Will get you thirty nine quid.
0: Wow, <laughs> full as well.
1: Maybe not full ah.
0: original. Um, mm. what, what the 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 red squirrel actually came in the box as well which is quite interesting and what i found funny about this is this isn't all the figurines they've got so if anybody's got these figurines that they would like to maybe ship to me uh, (laughs) or show uh, so we can we can complete uh uh the set basically but so there's the haggis which is funny because haggis uh, pretty rare nowadays. Anyway, um so you've got Haggis, the Loch Ness monster, you've got an Otter, Badger, Golden Eagle, which you've got, Grizzly Bear. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably haven't been in Scotland throughout
1: I don't even know, several, several hundred years, but perfect. Oh, see, the, see the red squirrel, is that the invader, or is that the was that the occupant of Scotland before?
0: No, uh, the red squirrel is native of Scotland. The grey squirrel is not, and the grey squirrel has a disease that kill, kills red scores right okay um a whiskey barrel a golf ball right. this is my favorite ones you've got a large curling stone and a small curling stone i'm really interested oh. to see the differences in size <laughs> oh they
1: were they were running out of ideas weren't they right. just
0: make it smaller just make it smaller you promised us 12 <laughs> I'll just do a small curling stone i've seen them uh, and then a seal so just really interesting we finds in that kind of arts and crafts fair thing. Secondhand, obviously, don't know if they have the original whiskey in them, probably won't open them to find out. Uh, but really cool. At the same stall, I got I got speaking to the guy about whiskey and then he was like, oh, I've got all these miniatures that I bought off someday. Just bought like their whole collection. And he didn't even have them out. They were just below the desk. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, can I have a look at them? Had to be look at them. There was quite old ones like, uh, I think it's like Abbott's Choice and there was some like Johnny Walker Reds and stuff like that. I, I don't know where went from, from. I don't really have an interest in Johnny Walker. So even if it was a collectible, I probably wouldn't even collect it. But I've seen these ones. So you've got King George V. I don't know if that will be reversed for you. And you've got Crawford's. So these are just two. They're, they're, they're fully sealed, five seal bottles, both uh, produced by different blending houses and Leaf. No idea, never heard of them before, no idea their value. Picked them up for uh, £3.50 each and might one day drink them. But cool wee finds. Um, I'm always going into kind of, if I see a wine shop, I always go in and see if I can find like a whiskey or something that they've maybe not put the price up because they don't know anything about whiskey They know about wine. But I definitely didn't suspect, uh, expect to find these whiskeys Um uh, or these wee trinkets back when every whiskey distillery decided to put stuff in ceramic. Uh, definitely wouldn't float nowadays, I don't think. But yeah. Really interesting wee finds. Um, and I'll put them up on Instagram so folks we'll have a look and maybe somebody has
1: a bit of information on them. I always tend to do that too. Like, if I'm like obviously lucky enough to go away for work and stuff like that, and I'm going to or if you even if you're on holiday and you come past like a whiskey booze shop. Go in and have a wee look at miniatures, especially, because they probably don't get sold as quick if it's not a tourist hotspot in Scotland, a whiskey miniature. And some of the things you could find are probably like either really, really rare or just at a time where distilleries and companies were doing absolutely anything to try and sell the product. So you get some mad looking things like a ceramic haggis.
0: Yeah. It's actually really detailed, which is cool, uh quite enjoyable. Uh yeah, but I you know I'll, I'll I'll stick them up on on uh, Instagram and see who's got who's got what. The funny thing about the Loch Ness Monster is that he is he's the only one out of the ones I've got who's got a top cork. Um mm-hmm. some, somebody's broke that off and the whiskey has evaporated. Yeah. Uh unfortunately. Uh and he's missing his rehat. Um a wee bit more about Westland Distillery, although I don't usually have my kind of run through it's different sizes and stuff like that. But I presume it, just from looking at it, it's around about a one uh, ton mash ton, 1.5 ton probably. Actually, now I think about it, semi lighter mash ton. They had, I'm going to say five, 10,000 litre uh, washbacks. So they're putting, they're doing two mashes a day and they're putting both mashes into, both 5,000 litre uh, mashes into one 10,000 litre washback, um. Then after fermentation, as we said, it's 96 to 144 hours. They've got two stills. They've got a wash still and they've got a spirit still. So be, the wash still looked like 5,000 litres. That would make sense. And it would do the same timings as two mashes a day, if you know what I mean. It works out the same. So I guess when they're putting 5,000 litre charges into their wash still, their spirit still would then... It would be scalable if it was round about a 2000 liter size spirit still. However, it looked a bit bigger, so I'm unsure of the size, but just the one spirit still, one wash still, um, and then on to fill it in a cast, which we've already spoke about. Um, so that's a kind of quick run-through of Westland's equipment. Interestingly enough, they don't have Scottish-made uh, single malt stills, I think it was a local, a local uh, coppersmith that that made it. But they did like the idea of having a spirit staff, which you don't need to have anymore. It was a kind of excise thing. Um, mm. They did like that idea, so they, they do have one on the, in the distillery, which is quite mm. cool, quite pretty looking. Um, what are you thinking of the
1: finish there? Um, the finish I've just wrote down, um, sort of pear skin. Again, a little bit of vanilla, maple syrup, um, sort of herbal petals, um, herbaceous, you could say, um, and quite peppery. Yeah.
0: What it, did you get? De- it's definitely the finish has got better when I've given it a bit of time to open up in the glass where we lid on. Really quite herbaceous, as you say, maybe a kind of rosemary. Um, lovely bit of spiciness to it. Still quite fruity. Uh, getting that kind of menthol again, that kind of cooling sensation. But very sweet, very sweet. That kind of caramel, slight chocolate in the finish. Again, a wee touch of coffee, not brewed coffee, but just kind of whiff over a freshly opened like tin of coffee beans. I think Weir.
1: coffee beans are provided more than a bag, but yeah,
0: I presume they come over in tins. <laughs> the good ones come in tins, you know, like the big, big tins. I've seen ones in tins, the ones from Coffee Cartel, uh, uh, <laughs> coffee roasters, and glass. Ah, yeah, 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 you know, I yeah, fair enough. Don't drink much coffee, but you know, when I drink, when I drink it, I drink the good stuff. Fair enough. Actually, I don't I don't drink coffee really at all. Not because I don't like the taste of it, I do, but just because it's a few times I've just drunk like loads of coffee and then not been able to sleep at night because the caffeine buzz is just <laughs> like so much. <laughs> uh, but when when I was on holiday just there, I was loving the espresso in the morning. In that way hmm. you're, you're slightly burning candles at both ends because you're I uh, never it wasn't really out getting like steaming, but you're, it was pretty hot. You're enjoying, so like,
1: enjoying your holiday.
0: I'm enjoying the holiday. You're staying out ah. relatively late. You're getting up early to get the most out of your day. I was getting a wee bit tired, and there's only so many caprinas or caparinas, uh, which is a cocktail, of course, uh, made with uh, cachaça, a cachaça, Brazilian rum style uh, kind of thing, a kind of funky rum. Um really, really, really good. Obviously, Brazil and Portugal have that, uh, I'm going to say tie, because I don't I don't want to go into Portugal and whatever.
1: That old imperialism link.
0: Aye, I don't want to go into that kind of conquest and stuff like that. But there's <laughs> a tie there. Um, beer, loads and loads of beer. They've got a beer museum. I never went into it. I thought it looked a bit gimmicky, but I was sat outside and drunk beer. But what I'm trying to say is especially <laughs> in the morning, fantastic if I had a coffee machine, I probably would do it. Um, I had I had a lot, um, and my undergrad degree, I had, I had a lot. I didn't do law, but I quite enjoyed the law courses, so I took one every semester. And we had an Italian law lecturer, and he used to tell us that his grandparents lived to like ninety because they had two espressos in the morning and a small glass of red wine at night. Really uh, great life advice. Hmm. I think you could probably drink a small dram it's the same thing yeah why not finish wise overall quite a good dram from Westland yeah I, w- I would I would probably
1: go back for more I didn't really know what to expect from it um but yeah I thought I hey, really actually really really nice um wish I had more than a wee 3CL dram on it yeah,
0: yeah I, might, I might have another to be fair it's quite it's actually quite early isn't it it's only about half past eight um Anything else you want to add to today's podcast?
1: I uh, know I'm just eagerly awaiting for the Myth uh
0: Malt Right. Okay. No problem. Um, as it's a new year, mm-hmm. we'll probably do a new Whiskey League. I'll need to finalise yeah. the, the last Whiskey League, but it was effectively a long row. It was a Campbellton route, I think. It was a, a long row red um, Pinot Noir 12 year old from 20. Uh, Nineteen or eighteen, probably. Uh, it took an early lead, did it? Actually, no. Where did where did where did you put Nick Green? To uh, I two. think.
1: Two or three, maybe. It ended up, and then we regretted it towards the end. Yeah, I think that, um, was, that was potentially a mistake. But. but yeah, we'll we'll start again, and I'm all for yeah. just lumping them into one league as well.
0: Yeah. So, oh, American whiskeys. Oh, sorry, World Whiskies and Scotch Whiskies.
1: Combined. Just make it... Oh, World of, Series.
0: World Series. Kind of defeats the name, though. It's just SWL. You know that... Uh, what did you describe it as? Like a kind of Scotch Whiskey-themed right-wing political party or something?
1: Yeah, it does sound a bit like
0: that, yeah. This SWL. Um, but if you can remember where the Tomatin went, and it was Long row Red, 12-year-old at the top, second in second, Tony port. It was an open-day bottling. Uh, fourth, we then had a sandwich of Springbank local barley it's with a Glen Farkless in the middle. So that was, don't know why
1: I put it so weirdly, but <laughs> Springbank ten, <tenure>. you <laughs>
0: Springbank ten. What was... an
1: odd, what an odd way to count from one to ten. I know four, four, five. Four, five and six. And yeah, you've got seven and there's six. six in between them. <laughs> uh,
0: and what, what why was uh, number six scared? Because seven, eight, nine. Um, Jesus. Uh, Kleinleish 14 year old at 7 Anok 18 year old at 8 Ben Nevis 10 year old at 9 and Kinshie 12 year old at 10 but I believe the tomatan slotted in somewhere probably below the Springbanks uh, or maybe even below the Kleinleish really should have this planned out uh, mm. which knocks Glen 12 year old off the league which I'm quite happy about um, yeah. to be honest is there any Diageo in the top 10 who are Kleinleish shown by Diageo and it. Um, yeah, kindly proudly served as one as a four corner distilleries. Diageo, Johnny Walker is one. It's a good Diageo. It's yeah, one of the, one of the saving Diageos. Anyway, that's the that's the kind of the we'll decide what we're doing with the Scotch Whiskey League or sorry the Whiskey League uh, next podcast, which is hopefully quite soon. I know we've been away for a while, uh, which isn't fair. We've had a few messages. I must admit, asking like when we're coming back and all that, which is great if you want to get in contact with us get in yeah. contact with us anywhere you want on instagram on twitter on email if you go to our instagram you've got all the links and all the ids and all that you can you can comment or you can message us as many people do so we encourage people to get in contact um about anything really if you want us to bring up a point if you want to contribute something like sue the uh, lazy scotsman's a regular contactor um Uh, So (laughs) I'll give you the Maltbusters for this week Yes, please So I was kind of annoyed About the people that got the Christmas special uh, Edition of Maltbusters Correct? Mm -hmm. That wound me up Because I like the wrong answers So Uh, I went a wee bit Harder uh A wee bit harder So number one Former Labour leader But with no hair So that was Former Labour leader But with no hair. Number two, a lengthy first portion of a normal working day. A lengthy first portion of a normal working day. And number three, the opposite of Thomas Don't. The opposite of Thomas Don't.
1: Oh, all right, right. I've got that last one there.
0: So I'll run through them quickly. Number one, former Labour leader, but with no hair. Number two, a lengthy first portion of a normal working day. And number three, the opposite of Thomas Stone. And that's it for number 14 or something. The first podcast of 2022. Uh what to cram in there. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. And I will say my goodbyes, unless Ronan has anything else to add.
1: No, it's a goodbye from me.
0: Okay, it's a goodbye from you. Did I get that right?
1: I think you're meant to say goodbye from him. Ah,
0: we've made that mistake (laughs) before. Anyway, bye folks.